Welcome to another Liga Mekis preview brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to dive into the two massive classicals this weekend. We've got Atlas versus Chivas, we've got Tigres versus Monterrey, and we'll also chat about much, much more. And help me out today is a good friend of the pod. It's Eugene Rupinski, also known as Golazo del Gringo on Twitter. Eugene, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Cesar. Always a pleasure. All right, Eugene. I know, I mean, we were, we were talking about this before we started recording. I know it's been a while since you've been on the pod. So I think you actually haven't had a chance to take part in our three-question segment to kick off the episode. And I'm not sure if you know the drill, but it's pretty straightforward. We, I mean, I've, I've got three questions for you, and hopefully you'll have uh, three answers for us. All right, you ready? I'll have three answers. I can't guarantee how good they'll be. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Question number one. And I don't think I've ever asked you this because, you know, sometimes you never get to this point, like when you're like with like uh, online friends or like people that like you, you work with in soccer or chat with like, I, I don't think I've ever actually asked you, how did you get into soccer? Ooh. Um, so I, my earliest memory of like watching soccer was I stayed at like a friend's house when I was like seven or eight or something. And the next morning he had soccer and I went and I thought, Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I didn't really get into it until the 94 world cup and like the hype leading up to that. Um, that was really kind of the genesis of my uh, interest in, in soccer. And then we went on a class trip to Germany um, in my, uh, junior year of high school and, uh, got to, you know, I, not that I got to go to a game there, but, you know, got kind of, you know, it's, it's, it was everywhere, mm -hmm. um, there to kind of saw that it was cool. And, you know, uh, so that was really, really the, uh, the start of, of me becoming a, uh, a soccer fan. Interesting. Interesting. And now years later, I can ask you question number two, because now one of the leagues that you've been focusing on is Liga Mekis Femenil. So I've got to ask, who's been your favorite player so far from the current Liga Mekis Femenil season? Ooh, from this season. Yeah, oh, man, that's 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 tough because there's uh, some of the some of the ones that that I, I, I can kind of consider my favorites have been injured, uh, like oh, Fabio okay. Barra. Okay. So she's, okay. she hasn't played much um, and I've always enjoyed watching her play. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's, that's kind of been a bummer. Oh, let's see. Wow. From this season. Um, or maybe man. if it's easier, like, like, like who are your, your favorite Liga Mekis feminine players, especially, I mean, I guess it's unfair when you, you consider some of the injuries, but, but who, <laughs> like who, who, who's, who stands out to you? Like who, who are your favorites? Like when you've been, since you've been keeping an eye on the league. I think, I think this season watching Licha Cervantes, um, yeah kind of continue her her good run of form uh i think last year she may have caught a few teams a little bit by surprise i think they kind of knew she was good uh but when she went to chivas it was kind of okay well this is your show now and uh she did very well and then this season uh that that's not a secret anymore uh teams have to <laughs> to watch out for her and she's done uh, she's done just as well. Um, you know, she, she's kept pace with Alison Gonzalez, um, who I, I think the world of, I think she's going to be a fantastic player, but, you know, watching those two kind of, uh, duke it out so far for the, uh, for the, the leading scorer has been fun, especially again, like I said, with the, the pressure kind of on, uh, Licha to, to perform at Chivas. All right. And now for question number three, which has nothing to do with soccer, best <laughs> ska show you've ever been to. 
best ska show oh man because we because um, for listeners who don't know they eugene i have occasionally i think i think when you find out someone else is into ska you're like oh no way really like you you're into it i thought that was a weird thing that no one else but me like so, so like <laughs> so like when i found out eugene was kind of into it i was like oh no like we've talked about it online a few times but best best ska show you've ever been to i think the best ska show i've ever been to was um i saw less than jake at the hardback cafe in gainesville so i grew up in central florida um i lived in daytona beach so gainesville is about an hour away so you know we just kind of would go there uh for shows and i saw them at the hardback cafe um a, a few times i remember one night they played with uh, with a couple of local florida bands uh magadog uh, one of my friends had a band uh called skiff dank they were playing with them and I just I just remember them coming out and going into uh, that song "Walking on Sunshine" by by Katrina and the Waves, <laughs> and the place went berserk. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that at a ska show. It was nuts. That's that's I'm jealous because as someone who still listens to old school Less Than Jake, I never got to experience like like by the time I started like going to their shows and whatnot, this is like. I mean, like after they had made like an uh, like the album Anthem. So at this mm-hmm. point, like it was like, I feel like at their peak, it was like before that. But anywho, this isn't a Scott podcast. I'm I'm jealous that Eugene got to see them <laughs> over in the Gainesville area because they're definitely from the Gainesville area and they definitely uh, rep that a lot. And it's pretty cool because I would imagine those shows were incredibly cool. But Eugene, time to talk about Atlas versus Chivas, the classical thought, but the arrival that's over a hundred years old. And I'm going to ask you this. I mean, do Chivas, do they maintain their momentum? Do they get a win here over, over Atlas? I don't think so. Ooh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, something has clicked at Atlas, and I don't know what it is. Uh, but this season, they have, they have caught fire. They, they really have. They've looked really good after the first couple of games. Um, you know, I think we were all kind of like, oh, well, here they go again, uh, you know, mm-hmm. bottom of the table. And for whatever reason, they caught fire. And with Chivas being as kind of uh, tentative, hesitant, I don't know, they're just kind of they're not as as, you know, forceful as as we would expect them to be i think atlas uh really i think atlas has the momentum going into this one i think you know if you just are looking at games this season of course i I get that that's not really how classicals work but (laughs) um you know just looking strictly at the games this season i think atlas has the momentum and i i I think they're gonna i think they're gonna do it yeah it's it's interesting because i think it's easy for lots of media and fans to get a little too excited when Chivas either do well or struggle for short periods of time and they've found some success recently and it's been through a very short period of time (laughs) but I don't don't, don't know I I don't know I guess I like the idea of the narrative of them finding their spark even though like I said it's it's only a couple wins you know one of the wins recently was over a Shola side that have had numerous problems and they've had to drop their manager but I, I I there was just something about them in that recent game, you know, with, with Monterrey and even without Jesus Molina, which a lot of fans would say is a good thing to not have Jesus Molina in the 11, but just with that, it was like a four, two, three, one setup, or even like a four, one, four, one with, with, uh, Brizuela in the middle and he was pushing up. And then, uh, I, I don't know. I just, 
it, it seemed like they were finally in the front foot and I, I'm, I'm kind of buying into it a little bit. I, I might be, I don't know. I, I think they aren't the most consistent team, but I, I think I'm going to give them a, I think it's going to, it's because they're, they're the ones who are going to get the, the win here. And, and I like what Atlas have done this season. That's for sure. But I, I, I have slight questions about some of the recent games. I think you hit the nail on the head as to why I'm so hesitant for Chivas. They look, they looked really good against Monterrey, but they, they have been so inconsistent this season. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, can they do that two games in a row? Like, I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I, I think the thing is, is that like, if this were, if this game was two to three weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, no, this is Atlas's game. Like this is their opportunity. But I feel like I've, I've had, I can't help but have some questions about them as well. You know, they did look a little you know, stagnant in that zero, zero draw with Mazatlan. I mean, they, they lost to three to one, the Leon. And granted, I think if you're an optimist, you would say like, well, look at who they've gone up against. They had to play Cruz Azul recently. They had to play Leon recently, you know? So maybe that's why Atlas, you know, aren't continuing to move higher and higher up the league table. But I don't know. I, I also have questions for them up top. I think, Julio Forge, I mean, he understandably, he's going to need some time to adjust after his injury. So I think he, I think people need to be patient with him. And although I'm a, I'm a fan of what Milton Caraglio does up top, I mean, he still only has one goal to his name this season. So I, I don't know. I, I, I have my, my doubts for both teams, but I'm just going to go with the narrative that there's, I, I felt like that might've been a turning point recently with Chivas uh, in the recent game. Um, but but we'll see, but, but it's but it's a classical so glass every everything goes out the window we know that it's just that's that's just how it goes right everything we've talked about doesn't matter because it's a classical Not, nothing matters you can stop the podcast right now just close your eyes just say like put five hundred dollars on whatever team you just blindly no, i'm just kidding like, <laughs> but i think i think also i think if, if, if i'm gonna give chivas a little bit more credit to i think I, I've been really impressed by Alexis Vega. Um, he seems confident after returning from Olympic duty. Thought he was impressive, and, uh, and by Olympic duty, I mean the Olympic qualifying duty. I thought he was pretty impressive there. He's he's had a couple of goals in in his last two games, and he's looking good. And I I, I think I'm just going to go with Chivas just having that slight edge, and I think that's why they're going to get the win here. But are you are you, are you going with uh, Atlas getting the win here, a draw? What what, what are you thinking? I, I'll go since you're going with Chivas getting the win. I'll be the contrary, and I'll go with Atlas getting a win. All right, all right. <laughs> now let's move on to Tigres versus Monterrey. It's the Clásico Regio, aka the closest you can get to a Liga MX All Star game. That'll be on Saturday as well. Actually, I think it's just right after uh, the Clásico Tapatio. So you're gonna have some back to back Clásicos right there. Um, Eugene, your 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 thoughts on this one because. I, with these games, I, I feel like they're, they're usually pretty, they're pretty close for the most part. Yeah, they, they usually are. And the teams have been fairly inconsistent this season um, as well. Uh, you know, Monterrey ha- had looked pretty good up until they went up against Chivas midweek. Um, so, you know, Tigres has done well. They've also done pretty poorly at times. <laughs> um, you know, it, this one, I think this one for me is harder to call than than the Clásico Tapatio. I, I 
I, I have no idea who's going to come out on top of this one. It could wind up as a, as a draw. I mean, just because, you know, which Tigres is going to show up, right? Is Except, the yeah. one with, you know, firing on all cylinders or is the one we've seen, you know, for a couple of weeks uh, through this season, which Monterrey is going to show up, you know? So I guess whoever, whoever puts their best team, um, you know, gets, gets the best out of, out of their team uh, is going to be the one that comes out with the three points. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. And we've seen that in, like, I feel like the perfect summary of Tigres' season has just been their their last three games. You know, they, they've they had, you know, they lost 3-1 to one to America against a, a bigger opponent. And then after that against Juarez, they looked like they were struggling. And then they got three goals and I think it might have been 10, 10 minutes or something like that. Just an incredible comeback. And then, I, and then in my mind, I was like, well, season's back. They're good. They're going to have an incredible end to um to the regular season before dominating the playoffs and then they were incredibly boring in a zero zero draw with with Pumas <laughs> I know I know those 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 Pumas games could be those home games could be a little tricky with the timing and whatnot but but I was so underwhelmed by them in that game and I just like you said I just don't know which which Tigres are are, are gonna show up and 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 of course you know managers have figured out how to play against Duca ball you know, mm-hmm. and, and through that Thuka ball, Tigres only have five wins from 15 games. And that's just, that's just not good enough for a team. That's that talented. No, but here, here's, here's what I absolutely see happening. Um, now that, now that I think more about it and, and just knowing what I know about this league, um, because of the rumors that Tuka is going to go, they're actually going to win. They're going to look great. Uh, okay. And Tuka will remain in in place uh frustrating some and uh to the relief of others yeah i mean that's that, that could put i mean knowing league of max that could potentially happen especially i mean if we're if we're talking about our doubts about thegas there are doubts over rayados too you know they had a couple of, you know questionable moments with reds in their last two games They're, they've been missing some big chances in front of net in front of the net you know, they're coming off consecutive losses against Pachuca and Chivas. I mean, the good news for them is that Aguida should be returning this week as um, as well after uh, having to sit out um, after breaking COVID-19 protocol. But I, I, I also have my, my doubts about Rayados, regardless of the fact that, you know, when you when you look at the league table and that you see that at time of recording, they're in fourth place. And there are a lot of Liga Mekis teams that wish that they could be in fourth place right now. But still... I don't know I'm still not entirely convinced by them. Maybe because of their roster, I have higher expectations. Maybe it's because the, the, the two recent losses, which really show that maybe they're running out of steam or maybe, you know, there's some sort of weakness that they've been highlighted, but I, I have, I have doubts about Rayados, you know, and that, I guess that's just the theme of this podcast so far. It's just like, I have doubts about every team that we've talked about so far. <laughs> I, they, they've been wildly inconsistent, um, you yeah. know, like, you know, we, we've said it before, they're going to be without Jesus Gallardo, who picked up the red card, um, you know, so uh, that I think that's going to play into Tigres' favor, certainly, um, you know, as much as they like to, to kind of press out wide and then, then work in uh, towards the center. But yeah, you know, again, it's, it's who's, who's going to show up, you know, which, which yeah. version of these teams is going to show up uh, which version of these teams are we going to get? You know, because if, if, you know, if, if they're both bad, then who knows what will happen if one of them shows up, you know, obviously uh, the other one's in real trouble. Yeah. Or is it, 
Is it? I thought. Oh, let me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about. It. Um, Jesus Gallardo got the red in the previous. It was Luis Sanchez who got the red in the in the in the previous game for for Monterrey. But still, they'll be without uh, uh, Luis uh, Luis Sanchez. Uh, yes. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I was. I I believed, and then I was like, wait, was that the previous game? It's hard with these midweek games. <laughs> With, with everything with 2020, 2021 kind of all blending together and then the midweek games, and it's just, it's, yeah. No, it, and it's, it's, comp- I like, I, I, I always like, it's always so, the, actually the funny thing was that game actually caught me by surprise as well with some of these uh, games that are, uh, that have been like postponed and then they're scheduled in the middle of the week. And like, I had no idea that it was going on until like a few minutes before it started. But nonetheless, I mean, this Glasgow Regio, I mean, we, we talked about it, they tend to be close. I mean, I mean, although Tigres have a couple of 2 nothing wins in, in, in recent, you know, encounters between the two, you rarely see blowouts or one-sided results um, in this series in recent years. And I was looking at some of the numbers. In the last 20 editions, um, there's only one game in which a team won by more than a two-goal margin. Um, there have been five draws in the last 11 meetings. And then when within those last 11 meetings, the most common score lines have been one to one and one to zero. So it's going to be, if, <laughs> if, if history, if, and, if, and obviously, you know, you can believe in any, any given, uh, you know, Sunday where obviously you can kind of like be, it, it, anything can happen this weekend, but it still looks like it's going to be a close one. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a draw. What, what, are you, what are you thinking here? Are you, are you going to go with the narrative that, that Duca gets a, uh, gets a win uh, over over Rayados after everybody's been criticizing him uh i i i kind of want to go with the draw but i did put it out there with uh rooting for chaos and, and Tuka to prevail so i guess i have to stick with that now <laughs> Ooh, all right <laughs> all right now let's move on to puebla versus pumas Eugene, your thoughts about this one? Because I've I said that inconsistent, like inconsistent results and inconsistencies, that's been the theme of the pod so far. But one team that I'm now a hundred percent convinced by are Puebla. I think that I and I know what's gonna happen is because now that I'm finally gonna really hype them up and focus on them, that means they're gonna lose like five nothing or something. But nonetheless, <laughs> I was thinking about adding in Toluca versus America uh, as a third game to watch, but I was realizing, you know, I we've talked plenty about America. And I want to discuss Puebla. I mean, they, they've been incredible so far this season. Your, your thoughts on Puebla and your thoughts on uh, why they're going to get a 10-0 win over Pumas. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to be proven wrong and they're going to, Pumas are going to win one nothing or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I like how Puebla has just kind of quietly gone about putting together this really amazing season. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with the spotlight being on Cruz Azul for very good reason with, you know, the streak that they had with the spotlight also kind of going to America uh, again for good reason with the season that they've had under Solari, you know, Pueblo's kind of been quietly going about their business and, and just kind of beating teams. And, you know, here we are, it's like, Oh wow, it's week 15 and they're in third place. Like, how, how did that happen? That's not what we're used to seeing, <laughs> um, which is cool. Like, it's good that, that, you know, there's a team in the league that can kind of put together this sort yeah. of season. Yeah. And, you know, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't continue against Pumas. Pumas hasn't really shown yeah. a whole lot of anything um, lately. You know, like you said uh, about their last game against Tigres, it was boring. It was uninspired. I mean, they had... Tigres wasn't performing particularly well and they were playing at noon under the sun 
at altitude and Pumas didn't capitalize on that. They didn't, you know, they didn't go out there and kind of take care of business. And that's why it was a boring zero, zero draw. And if they play like that against Puebla, they're, they're going to get beat and beat pretty severely. Yeah. And like Pumas are definitely, they're playing some of the least exciting soccer out there. Like it's, I mean, when you look at the numbers too, they're producing fewer shots than last season. They aren't entering the final third as much as last season. Their decision making hasn't been that great. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Like, is there? I, I don't know what the the issue is. Like right here, and I know maybe, obviously, what many might say is, you know, the Neno, you know, and, and his injury. But you know, but now he's back. He's sh- maybe there's something bigger there. But I, uh, either way, it's just it's been really, really dull. I mean, that's just that's just the way I'm gonna put it from 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 Pumas. It's like it's it's just been quite boring to watch and that's why i think pueblar have been the exact opposite of that yeah pueblo has been really fun i think pumas was kind of a victim of their own success i think last season was a fluke that they you know they went all the way to the final and nobody had them going all the way to the final nobody had them doing very much of anything last season and they put together this really kind of amazing run um, and I think the expectation is, hey, they, they're good now. Um, and they, they, they really weren't. It was kind of a yeah, house of cards. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they got lucky in a few uh, games last season, um, pulled out some, you know, some wins that they really kind of shouldn't have uh, to keep that, them up and afloat. And yeah, I think this season that's kind of all come back down to earth, unfortunately for them. I think Puebla is... Um, you know, playing dynamic soccer. I think they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, and you know, I, I just don't see Pumas being able to muster much against them. Yeah, and I've talked about this beforehand, but it's like it's fun too to to see what they've been doing tactically. I've talked about them like it sometimes looks like a three four three or a three five two or that has been kind of difficult for teams with, you know, kind of straightforward four, four twos to deal mm-hmm. with, you know, and we, we saw that in the, in the, the four to one win uh, over San Luis. And I was like, look at some of the numbers. And even though at times it kind of looked like they were playing with more of a four, three, three, when you had uh, Reyes pushing up the left-hand side, then it looked like more like a three man back line. And I mean, either way, I guess, long story short, it's been really incredible to see how the players have uh, adapted to Nicolas Larcamon's systems and he's only 36 years old and this is his first year in Liga Mekis it's incredible <laughs> that this this manager who who came out of nowhere he's only 36 there are players in league who are older than this manager this is his first year in Liga Mekis and he's absolutely killing it he's he's been like they've and yeah I mean you have you have Santiago Ormeño also to thank with his nine goals but still they've been efficient and they've really been I don't know. They they more than any other team so far this season, they've been outperforming some of their XG numbers. They've been really really punching above their their weight, and it's been really really fun to see. They really have been. I think you know Santiago Romeño has he was kind of good last season, uh, but he's really taken it to that next level this season. I think uh, you know having Christian Tabo uh, up there alongside of him. Um, I think those two have really been able to kind of put together a good partnership, which is always critical uh, when you have a guy like Ormeño um, who, who needs that kind of service. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's good to see that kind of working out and, and paying off. 
And yeah, I think, you know, having, having Larcamon come in and, you know, he's kind of an unknown, um, you know, so you could see the first few, you know, six, eight weeks maybe going very well until somebody figures him out, but it doesn't seem like they've really been able to figure him out fully yet. You know what I mean? Like he seems like he still has tricks up his sleeve. He seems like he's, he's learning from the mistakes that Puebla has made and, and correcting them and kind of staying a step ahead of, of those sorts of things catching up to him, which is, which is great, which is, you know, it's, it's good to see somebody come in, uh, you know, fresh like that and really kind of put together a solid team and, and do well with that and kind of bring a new, uh, approach um, tactically, you know. I, I think back to um, when, um, oh god, uh, Puente Junior. Uh, yeah, he came yeah. in with Lobos Blop. I mean, obviously, he hasn't had the same kind of success that he had those first couple of seasons. Um, but you know, those those first couple of seasons, it was really fun to watch how he did that, and I kind of get those same kind of vibes i guess from larcamon like he's this new guy he's brought brought this new energy this new intensity this new kind of way of looking at things so that's really cool to see and i think those are the sorts of things that um really keep this league fun and and really help it grow and help other teams um adapt and adjust and 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 become better i mean you know how many times can you play Ojitos Meza or yeah, you know some right. of the Tomas boy I mean I know he's still at Mazatlan but you know you know what you're going to get from from some yeah. of these guys and um, you know having somebody brand new come in to kind of uh, shake things up a little bit's always uh, always fun it's always good for the league so we're thinking it's going to be a Puebla win. I'm leaning towards a Puebla win, but it would also be very, very Liga Mekis if Pumas were to get a one nothing win, but I'm, I'm going with a Puebla win. I, yeah, I think that, I think that's the safe call. I think, you know, just looking at the, the dynamics, right. Puebla is a, a dynamic team. They're, they're capable of, of, of creating a lot of different things. Uh, Pumas has looked very, very flat. Uh, you know, I don't see that working out well in their favor. All right, so looking at the other Liga Mekis games from this weekend. Oh, yeah, quick reminder. Yeah, Webler's Boom is on Friday. But the other games on Friday will be Cholos versus Nekaxa. We also have Mazatlan versus Leon. On Saturday, we have Cruz Azul versus San Luis. On Sunday, Toluca, America, and Querétaro versus Juarez. And then on Monday, we'll have Pachuca versus Santos. Uh, Eugene, what, uh, what are the games stand out to you from this weekend? I think Mazatlan and Leon is going to be fun. Mazatlan yeah. is very tough at home, but Leon is Leon, um, so <laughs> that one's gonna that one's gonna be interesting. And I think Pachuca and Santos, um, uh, Pachuca has really kind of turned it around the the past few weeks. They uh, they they started off really really poor and have kind of worked their way into um, you know. Uh, being close to a repechaje spot, which again, you know, three, four weeks ago, maybe even five, six weeks ago, that was uh, looking like a pipe dream. Um, and they're hosting Santos who quite frankly have been very poor on the road. Um, yeah. They, you know, as good as they are at home, they've been kind of bad on the road. So uh, that one's going to be interesting just from that kind of 
you know, what's going to happen? Is, is Pachuca going to show up and Santos is going to keep performing poorly on the road? Or is this going to be the one where Santos kind of pulls it out and drags Pachuca back down to earth? Like, I don't know. Like that, for me, that's the kind of uh, uh, fun, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen, right? So. Yes, indeed. And on Friday, we also uh, you know, got to keep an eye on Scholes versus Nick Gaxa. Um, that'll be the first uh, game for new Scholes manager, uh, Robert Dante Siboldi, um, who was uh, presented to the press uh, earlier this week. Um, Cruz Azul, San Luis, too. I mean, I, I know Cruz Azul didn't get the record there, but still they were able you know, to get a draw uh, in, in, a, in a classical against the second place team. And I think this should be then again, actually, if we're talking about things that are, would be very Liga Mekis, that would and would be actually very Cruz Azul, would be for Cruz Azul to struggle against 16th place <laughs> San Luis, who have what five losses in a row, something like that. Something <laughs> like yeah, it was Puebla. They just lost to Puebla four to one. So yeah, that would be very Liga Mekis for them to come out and really take it to Cruz Azul. And then for for Querétaro versus Juarez, that'll be. Uh, I mean, for because of the the way that you know the league is set up now, where twelve to eighteen teams go to the playoffs, I mean that's imp- that's a vital game for Querétaro to continue to be in the playoff race. And for Juarez, I mean, they could well actually, you know what? Yeah, I guess are they can, can they technically no? Maybe they're, Juarez might be out. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. The only oh, one that's never mind. mathematically eliminated is Nicaxa, I think. You know, you would you would think that I would have crunched these numbers in the final two weeks of the season, uh, <laughs> but I guess at the very least, I mean, I mean, even though it looks like it's over for Juarez, for 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 Querétaro to continue to be in that conversation, they got to they got to be looking for a win there. Especially if you know if, if Juarez are mathematically out, you know, maybe they aren't going to be playing with you know that much confidence right there. Yeah, that that one's you know that they could if they're if they're out, you know, I think I think if um, I think if, yeah, if, if Mazatlan gets a point, they're eliminated. Um, so, you know, if Mazatlan somehow draws Leon or, or something like that, uh, then they're just kind of out there and they can, they can play spoiler. They can say, you know, Hey, we're not going in. We don't want them to go in either. Uh, let's, let's go ruin, ruin some, uh, some fun for Queretaro. It's actually, I'm checking the numbers right now. Um, according to 538, the only team that's mathematically out is, uh, let's see, look, it's it's Nicaxa. Nicaxa. And actually, San Luis and Juarez both have uh, a 1% chance. <laughs> so yeah, they, they've got, they've got, they'd have to win out and um, Mazatlan, who's in 12th, would have to lose out. Yes. And I think Pumas would have to only wind up getting a draw. Like, it, it's the stars would have to align fantastically for either one of those two teams to make it in. Yeah. By Friday night, like by, by like Friday, even before the end of the weekend, like we might like both San Luis and Juarez could be, could be knocked out here, but I guess, I guess technically speaking, they still have a chance, but um, Eugene, let's uh, move on to the listener questions. Uh, Let's uh, start with uh, one from Luis, uh, who is at Segundis Luis. He asked, if you could only watch one of this weekend's classicals, which one would you watch? What are you thinking, oh. Eugene? Uh, if I ha- if I could only choose one, it would be the classical Joven Temenil. Um, Ooh, good answer. Ah, good not answer. Gonna, not gonna make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the classical tapatio just because I think there might be more that there's a potential for more fireworks in that one. And then I think then the classical regio, not say, I mean, not saying that the classical regio is going to be boring, but I just think that, uh, you know, Duque isn't going to, you know, take too many risks. I think he, um, as I've said, you know, we've seen plenty of low scoring classical regios. I mean, not saying that they're not entertaining, but I think they tend to be a little bit closer. And I think that there's definitely a little bit more potential for fireworks in the, in the classical tapatio. So I'll, I'll go, if I had to choose one, I'm choosing classical tapatio. Yeah. I, it's sticking with the spirit of the question. I think you're right. I think the classical tapatio is going to be um, more, more fun than the other. Uh, just, I don't know. Gut instinct tells me that just from the way that those teams have been playing, I think Tigres has been flat. Monterrey has been kind of, you know, up and down, but, I, I I don't know if that one's really going to be as entertaining as a game as as the Clásico Tapatio. And then we have a question from friend of the pod, Mexican Prospects, who is at MX Prospects. Yes, thoughts on Puebla's impressive campaign under Larcamón. I think we kind of, for the most part, we kind of covered it. But any other any other final thoughts on um, Larcamón or Puebla and what they've done so far th- uh, this season? No, I, I like I said, I really like what they've done. I really like uh, the the kind of newness that Lacamon has brought. Um, I think for me, you know, obviously I'm interested to see how this season plays out with him, but I want to see what he does next season. Um, you know, is there going to be kind of a sophomore slump? Uh, is he going to, you know, keep the, the, the kind of uh, train rolling? Um, you know, that's always the key, right? Like you can come out and have uh, a good season. Uh, you know, again, I brought up uh, Rafael Puente Jr. You can have a good season, but can you follow up on that? You know, so that'll be that'll be the real test for him. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it'll be interesting to see if there is any you know longevity to this, especially in Liga Mekis when you know it's 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 a short season. You know, so if you have a short you know good run of form with the team, that could be enough to you know push you up to to third place. You know, and I'm not trying to take away anything that Larcamon has done because actually I've been incredibly impressed by him, and I like the fact that he's doing uh, stuff that's a little that's more tactically different than other Liga Mekis managers but like you said I mean I think the real test is can he do this for an extended period of time and the thing is if, if he does do it for an extended period of time will Puebla be able to hold on to him because I do not think that they'll be able to do that and if he has <laughs> if he has another good if he has another good season uh, next uh I'll say next year but next season and uh, in, in the second half of 2021 I imagine that there will be a number of Liga Mekis teams who will be interested. And I'm sure plenty are keeping an eye on him right now, especially since he's just 36 years old. So it's, it's, it is very, very impressive for what he's doing uh, at such a young age. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think uh, if he can, like you said, I don't, I don't necessarily think you would be limited to Liga Mekis. Um, you know, he could always go to Argentina. He could come to MLS, like who knows. Right. Um, we could, you know, but good coaches like that who can come in uh, to a league and and adapt and and bring something new um they tend to uh to to go places right they don't yeah. usually and, tend to stick in in one spot for for too too long and it's impressive too because like you think oh he's 36 but this is actually the his fifth team that he's coached and <laughs> he's 36 or so this is his fifth team like he started in a uh, so he started in Venezuela's first division, uh, in 2016 as a manager. And uh, then he coached a Chilean club in 2017. 
uh, he coached another Chilean club in 2018, 2019, and another Chilean club uh, in 2020. And yeah, and then they Puebla took a chance. I mean, it's incredible to think that someone's 36 and they've already they 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 already have five, experience with five teams. That's incredible. And just to see how how successful he's been too. I mean, you know, uh, you know, having a 36 year old coach uh, doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're gonna bring anything new or be successful, right? Like that's, um, you know, I, and, and, you know, kudos to him and yeah, kudos to Puebla for taking a shot on, on, on this, uh, on him, you know, like they could have very easily gone through one of the, the kind of revolving door managers that we, we see all too often, but to, to kind of think outside the box and take a, a chance on, on Larcamon, that's, that's really cool of Puebla and, you know, credit to them. All right. Well, I think that's it for us. Thanks to Eugene. Uh, thanks to listeners. And thanks to producer Amy for posting these pods. Um, don't forget to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And shout out to a, a couple of you who actually listened to the end of this show because we got, we've got we gotten a, a few more reviews uh, up on uh, Apple Podcasts. So many, many thanks uh, to those, who, those of you who have done that. And uh, if you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys around.